It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You all right, Rasters? <laughs> Pete Dawson, Luke Moore here for the Luke and Pete Show. Wagwan. Wagwan, guys. Wagwan. Are you eating a banana, Luke? I'm going to try and eat a banana. Listen, I'm so, bu- so hungry. I'm so busy at the moment now, I need to eat during shows. <laughs> Your potassium levels are dangerously low. I like the way you've torn off uh, the entirety of the top of that banana like it's some kind of, uh, like an egg and an egg cup. Do you know why I did that? Why? It's strength a reason. <laughs> It doesn't need to be a reason. It's brute human strength a reason. <laughs> You've I had too it, many bananas, mate. I did it by accident. I'm off to the south of France soon, so... Ooh um, la la! Get a nice little break. Ooh la la! Yeah, mais oui. Is that why we're recording on a... What day is it? Tuesday. Yeah. Few, I'm terribly sunburnt and ill. Yeah, you are. You, are, you do look like you've caught the sun, my friend. I was at the Isle of Wight Festival over the weekend. Uh, did a bungee. Did a bungee. Yeah, I, I, I think I said before, um, you know, say yes to stuff in radio because... Chances are it never comes off, but uh, then you find yourself up a fucking crane, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Have you still got mud? Is that mud on your right bicep? No, it is. Uh, it's uh, is brute strength a reason? Uh, no, <laughs> uh, it's actually a Transformers tattoo. All right. <laughs> I bought some candy. Candy cigarettes. Candy cigarettes are the one candy that's never changed in like for probably about I 70 years. I thought they were banned now. Well, no, no. Uh, no, they're still around, uh, but uh, they probably don't call them candy cigarettes. They probably call them candy sticks. Uh, it's just tapioca and uh, hooves. I notice yeah. that there's still beef gelatin in them as I try to give them to a vegan friend. <laughs> hey, have one of these. How yeah, do you know that feet. someone's a vegan? Uh, is this a t- joke? Yeah. Tickle bum? They tell you. They instantly tell, <laughs> tell you. Yeah. They in- it's like people who, don't know, who grew up um, not watching um, television. People who don't know what to Yeah, they'll tell you, yeah. They'll tell you. There's a, there's a great... Lo- I mean, it's not great. There's a, there, there is a a list of jokes which which are essentially interchangeable with yes. that type of punchline. Someone which someone like, who's literally doing good in the world. Yeah. <laughs> That's their only crime. No, but um, do you know what? And you can do it. It works with the universities as well. How do you know if someone went to Cambridge University? They tell yeah, you. They tell you, yeah. And I, I, I was on a train once in New England um, before I met England 2.0 before I met my now my now wife yeah, it should be called England 2.0 yeah. that'd be good yeah that'd be good England before, Redux before I met my now wife hang on you were just what you were just messing around in New England without you before you met your wife yeah oh yeah I was, was just she, there was, was she there in New England on a train yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's really it, weird it was probably it was actually I think it might have even been the trip I met her Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point isn't going to be that. The point okay. is that I was sat on a train next to someone. Bothering women. And, no, 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 no. It's not, bothering it's, random no, women. No. One of them was just so tired, she just let you into her life. Yeah, that's it. And that's the joke. <laughs> and that's the joke. 
Hello, father of the bride. And you, you, are, you, are, you are at that level of tiredness now, aren't you? Uh, yeah, I'm very malleable. You could push me into a box and I wouldn't complain. I could take just, you to the top of the crane just, and, you wouldn't complain, and you wouldn't complain. Fuck me, that was horrible. Anyway, the point is, it was just going to be that I was chatting to someone on the train and I said to them, and they, said, they mentioned they went to Harvard. And I right. said, how do you know if someone went to Harvard? They tell you. Yeah. Because they had already told me. Yeah. And they didn't get the joke. And no. I think it was very funny. But there you go. Um, I, inst- I immediately didn't get the joke anyway. If you've learned one thing about me, Pete, it's that jokes that don't land do not deter me. <laughs> I once stayed in uh, what can only be described as a frat house in uh, Harvard. Really? Really weirdly. Um, I was in. I was on a, um, a holiday. Um, we started in Boston, sort of drove up to... Um, where is Harvard? It's kind of in between that. It's in between Boston and... Um, yeah. Massachusetts up to Cape Cod up to you can sort of drive through up to Cape Cod uh, we stopped off for a few days there it's in Cambridge isn't it Massachusetts yeah I just remember everyone was drinking Miller Lite and I was like this doesn't taste like beer I'm very young but this doesn't taste like beer how old were you uh, 22 no maybe a bit older well, yeah, you would have started drinking at about 14 <laughs> that's you? why my arms don't work that's not the only reason no but you would have started drinking. I mean, heroin. That's, that's Speaking of which, <laughs> saw Depeche Mode at the weekend. Did you? Wow. A perishing thirst. Oh, of <laughs> those guys are uh, uh, an advert. You know, like D- David Boyd did every drug. Uh, or he he certainly was a big cork fiend for quite a while. He sort of got, yeah, he still looks good. Depeche Mode, very different story. Yeah. Oh, they look rough. All the eyeliner. Is it Martin Gore that looks terrible? He looks like a, he looks like someone's tried to clone using an 80s computer, Keith Richards. Ah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Doesn't he? Yeah. It's the eyeliner, though. Yeah. Get off the eyeliner. Yeah. Hell of a voice, though. Beautiful yeah. voice. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what's that? A steampunk Keith Richards. Yes, please. <laughs> Let's develop him. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Well, recently on the Luke and Pete show, I am, of course, the Luke, and that is the Pete. Do you, and... wanna, do you wanna stab? Go for it. Last time on Dragon Ball Z. There you go. I don't know what Dragon Ball Z is. What do you mean you don't know what Dragon Ball Z is? <laughs> I'm vaguely aware of the graphic of it, like a manga cartoon graphic. It's the, but it's the most accessible anime. Is it? Okay. Next to Pokemon. Well, recently on the Luke and Pete show, we have talked about Pete having a meltdown slash domestic uh, fight with his then-girlfriend in Eminem's world. Yes. That's something that happened, yeah. isn't it? Eminem uh, world sounds normal. Eminem's world sounds like the rapper Eminem. Yeah, I think it was... Yeah, it does. But the name is Eminem's the, world. The possessive... The possessive. Yeah. I, I had a chat with Joel, who our colleague, about whether it's Eminem world or Eminem's world. It is Eminem's world. Yeah, and I found out that yeah. it was Eminem's world. But it um, sounds sort of natural. I think um, uh, Mackie D's need, it needs to be a little less, um, you know, uh, forceful about how their trademark is used because people don't use trademarks. You know, you, you're part of our world. We should change your goddamn trademarks if you want to. Where's, where's this come from? I don't know. Okay, uh, that, 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 that led on to <laughs> a wider like M&M's world. <laughs> that led on to a wider story about American candy in general. And speaking about M and M's world, when I was speaking to Joel about it, he said because we talked on this show that M and M's world in Leicester Square in London doesn't actually do many flavors of M and M's at mm. all. If you go to a common or garden grocery store in the US, you're, you're going to have loads more flavors. Right, yeah. So Joel said he was speaking to someone who's working in M and M's world in Leicester Square, London, mm. and said, "Have you got any peanut butter M and M's?" And the guy said, "Nah, to be honest, you only really get them at specialist stores." Like, specialist. This stores? is M and M's world. World. Yeah, that's like the HMV. If you go to like you know the other record store, the um the 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 sister Ray of M and M world, M's world. Um, I think it's because. They just don't sell those um, things officially here. If you've got any London kind of um, grocery store, you'll have like a little collection of um, kind of uh, US candy, won't you? Yeah, and they sell, they sell them. And stuff. They sell M&Ms. They sell them everywhere now, though. They sell peanut butter M&Ms on a... They sell them in an American 
um, themed shop mm. in I think it's either Shepherd's Bush yeah. or out that way, which I've been to, to before with my wife, and it's it, it's decent. Yeah, but they have a couple of them on Oxford Street now, mm. the main shopping thoroughfare in London, and for a small packet of peanut butter M and M's, which would be ATP here, mm. it's, it's fi- literally five pounds. Yeah, it's crazy. The import prices are amazing. Anyway, yeah. but that- but but what I'm saying is that um, the internet has made the world so small, uh, and again, the naivety of the marketing people, the naivety of the companies that think um, these are the only ones we sell here except down the high street. So M&M, so you get to a point where M&M's World doesn't have 80% of their own product, which is really weird because they don't officially release it. Yeah, it's just colours, it's not flavours. Yeah, I, yeah, but I, yeah, I, I know you're upset about the colours of the first flavours business, but... Yeah, it's stupid. Anyway, uh, we, that, 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 that... I want to eat red! That led on to a... Uh... I want to eat red things! <laughs> red doesn't taste of red. Red, I want red colour! Um, it's like blood! Do you remember Smarties? The only ones that tasted different were the orange ones that actually tasted of orange. It, yeah, I mean, in a rough approximation of orange. Do you remember when blues turned up? That was a big deal. Yeah. Do you remember blues vice versas? <laughs> yes do you remember those oh what was it now it was like a little nest a little chocolate nest it was a it was a bar but it was a chocolate nest uh, with like a kind of mallow kind of cream in the middle and it was yes. really, and it was like I do vaguely remember oh, that it was Cadbury's uh, and they were very nice but very they just looked impossible to make they were like a parent's chocolate bar a parent's chocolate bar but your bar. parents would choose that yeah as the as the margaritas start to flow and the night falls, and the, it gets and a bit sexy. And they've opened another bottle of taboo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was vomiting a lot on Sunday. Where does that well. come from? Because I started the because because the England match was on, and um, so I always vomit. It's like it's like it's like Pavlov's dog. <laughs> I get dogs. so excited. Yeah. I get so, but it was good vomit rather than bad vomit. Um, but I started the day by because uh, I was because um, I was working. Um, I started the day by watching the match, but the only food I could get at that time. Uh, it was these the the most disgraceful approximation of chicken wings I've ever seen in my life, and some chips, and that is for a man with uh, IBS is no way to start a day, uh, and it just got progressively worse from there. In to be honest, I'm very sorry to hear that, Peter. But it just made. But I had uh, three enjoyable interviews with Travis, Nicky Wire, and Peter Hook. Even though <laughs> what a e- 90s day. Even though all the way through it, I was going, I might be sick on you. <laughs> That I might be sick on you, because you're mine. That's C6 Steve, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, can I please just finally get through what we've been talking about recently? What? Uh, badly edited movies, usually by parents not wanting their kids to see Sexies. inappropriate stuff. Yeah. Um, you announcing that Christopher Lambert of Highlander fame is legally blind. <laughs> And has to do with scenes without glasses. I don't it's know true. if it's true. It's I don't true. care. Massively true. Uh, but speaking of which, um, there was there's a film coming out with Jeremy Renner, and there was an interview with it is can't remember another. Oh, uh, John Hams the interview. Yes, okay. And I read it in one of the newspapers, and he said that Jeremy Renner broke both his arms in a scene. <laughs> right. But the shooting schedule meant that they still had to shoot. Yeah. So what they basically were doing was he had temporary casts on both his arms. And when they're about to roll the film and say action, do you get off? They take t- to take him what? off. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and apparently, both of his arms. It was no, some some stunt, I guess. How is he going to um, do his bow? Isn't he the bow man in the popular superhero films? <laughs> it wasn't that film. He is, but it wasn't that film. Yeah. Uh, so Christopher Christopher Lambert, Legally Blind, um, which is a film featuring Reese Witherspoon. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, two for on that one. Did that joke before? Yeah. And uh, Jeremy Renner, Two Broken Arms. Whatever film comes out next, he had two broken arms doing it. So try and spot it. Um, Daniel Cooper from the. Um, 
Oh. Wins and not. Wins and not podcast, yeah. uh, which weirdly got reviewed again on uh, at the um, AV Club on your AV Club All best right. podcast of the year yesterday. It's really even though the royal wedding is very much finished. Recommend listen. But it's still a recommended listen. Oh, I imagine it'll have podcast. good li- listen again value. Um, and because uh, it's not really about the wedding, it's about life and cakes. But uh, he looks very much like Jeremy Renner. He does. Yeah. Uh, even people who have. Uh, even like people like Scarlett Hansen have con- com- commented in the past that he looks like Jeremy Renner, um, and he broke his leg really badly at the Emirates. Who uh, Daniel Kruper? Yeah. So okay. the, the people who look like Jeremy Renner, Renner and Jeremy Renner are very malleable bones. Hello at Luke and Pete show. If Two people look- who've looked like each other have also broken limbs. Yes. Um, and finally, we talked a bit about the darkness and how you allegedly almost joined their five-a-side team, mm. and we talked about people fighting on the London Underground. Which I think is interesting because people who are listening to this show from outside the UK, yeah. if they know anything about the London Underground, they'll probably know that it's very old, but also that people don't talk to each other and yeah. British people are generally very polite. So fights on the London Underground is a bit of a thing to see. Uh, and someone emailed in with that. I would not want to have a fight on the London Underground now. No, too sweaty, too hot. too hot. It's so hot at the moment, it's, I can't it's, sleep. It's too much. I can't dream until you're <laughs> standing here with me. What is that? Is that Dido? Um, I had a bit a of woman a woman nobody ever talks about. No, she doesn't. She doesn't get mentioned anymore. Dido, Cheryl Crow was on the bill. Uh, the, this isn't a review of the Alawite Festival, but <laughs> yeah. Cheryl Crow was very much on the bill. Right, fifty-seven. She looked amazing and sang amazing. Were there any modern artists booked on this festival? Uh, what was the headliners? Uh, Blossoms are playing, I guess. I've never heard of them. Oh, I've um, heard of them. I haven't heard them. Blossoms. They're really hard to interview. There's like six of them, and they all want to talk at the same time. They're from Stockport. Two two artists I've been listening to recently. One, the Sundays. Very enjoyable, melodic, sort of indie pop, 1990 Oh, yes. What was that big Here's where the story Story ends. Yeah, Yeah. okay. And you and me in the summertime. That's them as well. And um, a band called, let me get this right, Rolling Blackouts Coastal Fever. Australian indie band. Quite good. That's that's, that's, that's the uh, be-all and end-all of what I've been listening to recently. Mm. Um, but that's anyway. That that sums up, I think, quite nicely what we've been talking about recently. I think so. If people want to get in touch with us, as I've just mentioned, hello at lukeandpeacher dot com is the place to do so. We welcome all your emails. If you're new to listening to the show, you are very welcome. Come into our bosom, although don't get too close because it is hot and we are very sweaty, mm. and our but bosoms are ample. My bosom is um, sunburnt. It's got a transformer tat, transformer tat on it. You're not, you've got a t-shirt suntan here though. You're not so you're not sunburnt on your torso, are you? A little bit. I, t- I briefly. I oh, had you are. A bit. I had uh, like literally about an hour between um, interviews, and I took my top off and laid down on the floor. And then a man from the band Cordeline, a very tall man, came over. You're right, Pete. And I was like completely topless and sweaty. Yeah. He gave me a big hug and he's like, "Oh, you're all sweaty." I was like, oh, yeah. "You shouldn't be taking your top off when you're working." Yeah, that is unprofessional. It is unprofessional. But then, unless you're a, perhaps a professional swimmer or wrestler or wrestler. <laughs> Imagine if someone went on the... Oh, the horror! If a wrestler came on topless, everyone was like... The announcer's going, get this man off this filthy pervert! Cover him up! (laughs) Um, Do you know shame? Speaking of wrestlers, did you see that um, Big Van Vader died? Yeah, he did, yeah. Passed away. I liked very much... In the prime of his life. (laughs) He's like 68 or something. Massive. Still still wrestling. Uh, Yeah, yeah, we spoke about that on uh, Wrestle Me, another... Podcast. I know we're deviating and sort of, you know, I don't mind this podcasts. being a sort of bit of a roundup of other podcasts. Bit of a roundup, yeah. We uh, did WrestleMania uh, 10, which was actually quite good. So well done, us. Well, well done, them. No. Well, the show was good, or the WrestleMania itself was good? Uh, both. A little bit. I think we added a little bit of uh, spice to that particular. Well, good for you. Joust. Um, talk to me about sp- Sunburn because I'm almost phobic of it. 
yeah. I, I, I take decisions which are very, very cautious when it comes to sunburn because I get, I've get i got very fair skin. Some people um, I've noticed, and certainly at uh, the weekend, because it was a very hot festival, very, very rare. Not, not, a, not a drop of rain the whole Not weekend. a drop of rain, it was just wall Not a breath of wind. Not a breath of wind, because I think they didn't do it on Glastonbury weekend, which is always the kiss of death yeah. for any festival. If you do it on yeah. Glastonbury weekend... You're going to be fucked. But there's um, no Glastonbury this year, is there? No. This, this would have been Glastonbury weekend, would it not? Uh, no, uh, they do it like earlier, like sort of the 12th. Third Thursday. Yeah, th- uh, I think it's like the first or second um, weekend of the month. Okay. Or, uh, and it always chucks it down, but uh, yeah, got a little bit lucky. But um, yeah, you do see people kind of almost exclusively sort of hiding in the potter cabins and like being, like, yeah, making decisions about what they do with their, and it's sort of like, and and I'm not, I'm not phobic of the, of the sun, but I do just, burn and then i'll tan eventually yeah but like people just generally just like oh, i can't go outside I, yeah i just can't and it's like oh that's sad i'm very fair that happens to me really yeah i, I have to uh, be very very careful um it's funny because i can remember god my memory is terrible it was either a festival i was at in the 90s or someone told me about it that um one particular reading festival was so hot yeah. that these scally guys were essentially selling places in the shade <laughs> so there would be like a big tree with shade under it, only, only available for a certain amount of people, and they would form a, a, a sort of border around it. Wow! And um, charge sort of ten pound or whatever for, for people, people to get to in actually there. Actually, get in this shit. That's hilarious. You used to see that a lot more in festivals, like Glastonbury. You'd see a lot. Of, uh, um, I'm going to say um, uh, Liverpool-based um, Crim Crims uh, popping down. Crim Crims. Uh, Crim Crims popping down and uh, and and just basically just wandering around, causing trubs and stealing shit. Um, but you don't, oh, see, that. You don't my... see that quite as often anymore. No, you don't. And I remember my first ever Glastonbury. Um, we had paid. I mean, we talked about this before, but I think it was about seventy pound for a ticket. But mm. um, when we got there. It's literally in the middle of nowhere, Glastonbury, yeah. isn't it? Um, the um, there were a bunch of like Liverpudlian kids, yeah. probably about um, I don't know, maybe a bit older than us, so like late teens, I suppose. Mm. Saying that, come with us. We got a rope ladder, ten quid, yeah. and you got a ladder you can get over the fence. I was like, well, I've already bought my ticket. I'm going to pay you an extra tenner to <laughs> well, climb over the fence. That's the thing with Glastonbury, though, isn't it? It's kind of like you are uh, in a situation where the the actual um, festival is absolutely gigantic. Um, and the actual arena itself, there's no arenas. You just sort of walk from place to place. Yeah. And that's the beauty of that. But um, It can take like 45 minutes to walk from one stage to another. Yeah, but Reading, jumping the fence, wouldn't, fence wouldn't really help because uh, you obviously, um, you still have to get into the arena, which is a much smaller space. I wouldn't, um, I would have Reading Festival, I mean, this is an outdated old man's opinion, but I would have Reading Festival at the bottom of my major festival heap. Really? Yeah. What yeah, do you mean? Not, right at the top bad. for me. Right at the top. Is it really? Knows exactly what it is. Right, fair enough. There's a there's a there's a rock day. There's a you know a, 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 well it used to be like metal day, rock day. There's a sunburn day. Sun day where sunburn. The funniest thing I ever saw, uh, it, well in my sort of teens, I, I Reading was my first festival, so maybe I've got like a, a bit more warmth to it than, than you. But um, arriving uh, and seeing a, a man with really long hair, like an old rocker, uh, and he had taped to his topless body the centrefold from a rather um, aggressively sexual um, pornographic magazine. Right. A woman completely, you know... Billy Bullock. Spreading. Spreading. Um, And he just taped it to his torso. And I thought, that's art. That's (laughs) That's a pervert. Well, yeah, it is. But he's going, this is me. I've got pornography taped with black electrical tape to my torso. And everyone, look at me. You can tell a lot about a person (laughs) by who they're drawn to. I'm like a, and you I'm were like drawn a dirty to moth. <laughs> yeah, you are. Dirty, you dirty old moth. And he is your flame. You dirty right. Old moth. Let's have a little break, and afterwards, we'll do some emails from you, the listener. 
It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, Sheikh, you're telling me that drinking camel's Jordan is part of the deen? Ach, you don't get me wrong. What the hell was that? Um, it was in relation to uh, somebody who flew a Dubai route, I think. One of the pilots was talking about transporting camel urine. Oh, right. So that was a... You um, dug that out? Some kind of minister who um, was talking about uh, whether drinking camel urine is in the Quran or not but he seems to be very pro drinking camel urine I think that people want to hear we both look after Luke Pete so yeah. have a think about that you haven't no. got that on there have you because you wiped it all off for your World Cup jingles so Sheikh you're telling me that drinking camel's urine is part of the din ach you don't get me wrong ach don't get me wrong 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 right. you're feeling like drinking camel urine I don't even know what the second lines of that is normally don't get me wrong I should know, shouldn't I? Yeah. Every bloody day. Uh, no, I don't know. Um, do you want an email from Chris Radford? Oh, fuck, yeah, all right. So we had a... We had a reminds bit, me of Ronnie Radford. It gets me sad. We had, <laughs> we had a bit of a chat last week about funny American team names. Funny American... Uh, That's the <laughs> well, it was It was part of a TV show presented by Jeremy Beadle called... Um, America has the funniest team names. Uh, Look at this guy. He thinks he's king of the team names. (laughs) And if you want to get in touch with us, of course, just one more time, hello at lukeandpeteshow.com. Chris Radford has been in touch, not Ronnie Radford, although they may be related. Perhaps Chris can confirm or Mm. deny. He says, um, long-time listener, first-time emailer, batteries, a disappointingly middle-of-the-road energizer. Well, we're not reading the rest of his email now. (laughs) That's it, you don't pass muster. Delete email. Following on from your sporting team name chat in episode 75, I wanted to bring you to the attention of the wonderfully named Montgomery Biscuits. Montgomery Biscuits. Which basically just sounds like a biscuit factory, not a team. (laughs) Uh, An affiliate of the Tampa Bay Rays uh, baseball team. Yeah. Extensive research. Uh, brackets, a scan of their Wikipedia page, indicates that their name was chosen from a list of over 4,000 entries and during games, biscuits are shot from an air cannon into the stands. Now. Now, down that part of the world, a biscuit biscuit is not a biscuit like we have. It's like a little scone type thing. So it might conform to the confines of the pipe that is used to propel said biscuit. I hope they're wrapped. Yeah, same. I hope they're wrapped up. I saw, um, um, is it Dave Garn? 
from uh, Depeche Mode use a T-shirt cannon. Very un-Depeche Mode. I'd never seen Depeche Mode live. I was like going, I didn't expect them to use a T-shirt cannon. They shouldn't, be ta- they shouldn't even be talking between songs, let alone <laughs> doing T-shirt cannon. Um, I just like that he fired out. It was really exciting. It went absolutely miles. I've never seen one before. I was like, yeah, they can really go. And you I should like buy one off the internet. Say again. You should buy one off the internet. I wanted to catch what I wanted to see what he was firing out. It's just like a big, big, balled up T-shirt, a bit of little black tie heroin wrap in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, have a bit. It's like past the parcel, but with heroin. Have a lovely weekend. Um, are you going to buy a T-shirt cannon for any um, upcoming Ramble I live would shows? Smash it in. Oh, we could do that. Yeah, we? exactly. <gasps> Anyway, I'll leave that with you. Apparently, Chris goes on to say... Um, no, the rest of the show is just going to be me Googling. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll Sorry, pick it guys. up. I'll pick it up. Um, Montgomery Biscuits uh, Montgomery mascots. Montgomery Biscuits. Are apparently, Big Mo, an orange beast that loves biscuits. <laughs> and Monty, an anthropomorphized buttermilk biscuit. In 2014, a new live mascot was introduced and was also chosen for a naming contest. The winner, a micro-mini pot-bellied pig named Miss Gravy, Duchess of Pork. Without wanting to besmirch the home name of the good Mrs. Moore, this could only happen in America. Fantastic. What's wrong with that? A bit of fun. Miss Gravy, Duchess of Pork. Do you know what I, I It think... works because Duchess of York isn't really a thing in America. Like, no. you, you know Fergie. <clears throat> it's Fergie, isn't it, you Duchess of York? She used yeah. to be. She's in Black Eyed Peas. Um, yeah, I think I think what what happens with in the UK is that we take sport sport very very seriously. Mm. And so this fun stuff that goes all around, we sort yeah. of, we are sort of a bit sneery about it, a bit deriding of it, yeah, a bit derisive of it. Uh, I don't think they need to be like that. Enjoy it, embrace a day embrace out, embrace the silliness. If the one thing I could advise British people, just generally, embrace a day out, unless you're at the cricket. Don't worry about being ironic. I reckon someone from yeah. the stands at cricket should fire a t-shirt cannon at a cricketer and see if he can hit the. Uh... Hit it with a ball. Well, with a ball? they with do the, have uh, they do have bowling machines, which are essentially t-shirt cannons, but for cricket balls. Have you ever played? Have you ever done a baseball um, bowling machine that mm-hmm. just smashes a fucking baseball? When I was a kid, and I was terrible. It absolutely. After a while, your um, your thumb. I'm probably gripping it incorrectly, but like your thumbs start to absolutely ache because I'm whacking them all over the bit place, mate. Yeah, I'm hitting everyone, mate. Yeah. When I was Homer. a kid, I went on holiday to Florida, and um, there was a I can't remember where it was, but there was a an opportunity to yeah, one of those kids, yeah, Florida. To, Piece my, of shit. my dad got made redundant. <laughs> my mum and dad spent, <laughs> my and dad spent it on taking us to Florida. Yeah, that's genuinely what happened. Your dad sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> Father. <laughs> anyway, just very, very briefly, and there was an opportunity to bat in a batting cage. And I remember being, a, I think I was about 11, never hit a baseball before because I was British. Mm. And uh, they started firing them out of the um, the machine at the lowest setting. I couldn't right. hit a single one to the, to the point where they pulled up this little stand, which they only probably use <laughs> for the idiot kids. Put the stand there, like a little tube stand. I say that's what um, little with the ball on top uses, of it, isn't it? Yeah, little yeah. league. The ball on top of it, and I still couldn't even hit that. So oh. there we go. There we go. Not the, not the finest moment of my sporting career, <laughs> and it is a packed list. Were you shouting when um a, when a player runs past you and you give them a little kick and they fall over and you go, oh, they're too fast for me, right? Yeah, was I wasn't a little ball, kick. Was, was, the ball, was it? Was the ball? <laughs> wasn't a little kick. Was no, it? No, it, it was a kick out. Yeah, which is very different. Uh, yeah, do you say, oh, the ball was too fast for me? The ball was too fast for me on his little on his little plinth. <laughs> Outrageous! Um, I got one from. Well, basically, you've um, chosen new emails from the email box, and I thought every time we finish uh, a show and we don't manage to squeeze in an email, and I've um, had the foresight to print them out. What I've been doing is just sort of tearing them up and putting them in a box, a secret little dirty box. Yeah, I'm calling classic emails. Where and is the so, box? Um, it's underneath our um, Bluetooth speaker that uh, John from the uh, Stakhanov Radio um, situation uh, has named. Tunes a clock. Yes. So every time you connect it via your iPad or your iPhone or any other Bluetooth-enabled device, uh, you've got to search out and connect to... Um, tunes a clock. Tunes a clock, which I find an edifying. 
uh, and uh, it upsets me more than the fact that my waterproof Bluetooth speaker that I use in the shower is called Shower Party. <laughs> that sounds that, that sounds, sounds wrong. Sounds like what? So the classic email box is under the Bluetooth Bose. Yes. Okay. Good. Exactly. Uh, but either way, so this is uh, so this might be on themes we haven't discussed in a little while. So I thought it'd be quite interesting to just sort of you know dip in and just do a couple of uh, couple of ones that we didn't use. Uh, Brad in Long Island. Yeah. New York. <laughs> Gentlemen, long-time listener, multiple-time emailer. Uh, boring ass Duracells at home, just as boring Panasonics in the TV remote at work in my corporate training classroom. Sad face. That's a poor return, he's, that. He's got an axe to grind there. Uh, my previous submissions were most likely too long and meandering to be considered, but that has not deterred me from having an email read on your fine programme. Thus, carrying on from your chat on episode 68, I submit to you the first fart. What? The first fart. Remember we were talking about... Um, farting jars? Farting in front of um, uh, loved ones yeah. for the first time. It's an important... Oh, um, sorry, se- I, I get It's an context, important man. seal to break, so to speak. Yeah. While, my, uh, while with my ex-girlfriend, I stumbled upon an ingeniously clever cover for when I had to fart in front of her. Upon the moment of release, I would loudly clear my throat. Even for a man like me who can hit high decibel numbers with his farts, this would drown out the sound perfectly. Fast forward to my next girlfriend and I uh, continue to use the same ruse, uh, proud as I can be of my clever methods of deception. Six to eight months into our relationship, after another fart coupled with a perfectly timed throat clear, she turned to me and said, you do know that I know you're farting every time you clear your throat like that, right? I was like a kid being told there was no Santa Claus. Being embarrassed, foolish, not even more, I accepted defeat. Turns out the throat clear was no match for the other characteristics of my farts. They're at all times terrific smell. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, so a real Bronx go. cheer. <laughs> so never mind. That was the that was the first fart. Who's that a from? Proper fart. Say again. Who's that from? Uh, that's from Brad in Long Island. He now farts without um, the throat clearing, which is wonderful. All the way from uh, Long Island, though. The universal language of farting. <laughs> it must be quite satisfying expelling gas at the same time from each area. Of I, your shall body. I shall try it. I shall try it. Where would be the most surprising part that air came out of your body? Oh, it comes out your eyes, doesn't it? Have you seen that? If you if you, if yeah. you hold your nose, oh, yeah. when I did the bungee jump for a couple of days afterwards, um, my eyes really hurt. They say that you can detach retinas quite easily. You, you know, why, they, pe- why people fucking do that? I don't know. Do they advise you to keep your eyes closed then? Um, um, why are you blinking see, they, so much? I was just, I was just, just checking. I was just checking what I could see. I was like, no, I think I saw most of it, but. You know, Christopher Lambert's legally blind. <laughs> he could do. He would know you in a bungee jump. Cut the bungee jump. That's what caused it. <laughs> um, what? Um, what um, do they advise you? Do they advise you to keep your eyes closed? Then? No, they were very. They were just like um, one, two, three, jump. Uh, keep your arms out. They were screaming at one bloke who had ha- he had hold, I think, of the actual bungee cord. Like he put his arms down and grabbed the bungee. Cord. <laughs> <laughs> it was really weird. We're just like, don't do that. You're gonna break your arms. Just panic. You're gonna do a renner. Yeah, Jeremy Renner. Then you That's have how to. He did. Then you have to film all your. Imagine being at a music festival with two broken arms. It'd be awful. Yeah. If you've ever, if you've had that happen to you. Hello at lukeandpeach.com. <laughs> this is a good email, Pete, that I, I selected with you in mind. Okay. And it's from Mark in Sussex. Uh, and I've entitled this email, Beer Causes Carnage in Central London. Okay. Uh, Mark says, um, batteries gritty. Gritty. <laughs> gritty politty. Yes, yeah, good. good gritty politty. He says, uh, chaps, um, heard about this incident in a pub I work in and immediately questioned whether or not it was real. Okay. A bit of digging and I found it to be entirely true. Hope it tickles your intrigue bone as much as it did mine. I've copied and pasted the Atlas Obscura entry I found on the subject, a.k.a. Pete's homepage. Um, <laughs> on October 17... I used to use that site a lot. I don't anymore. Right. Well, Mark's doing it for you. On yeah. October 17, 1814, about 610,000 litres of beer yeah. flooded out of the Mew and Company Brewery into in a 15-foot-high in a wave of porter. 
The wave roared through the streets of Tottenham Court Road, flooding cellars and dragging debris, leaving a path of foamy destruction in its wake. The flood was caused by a ruptured vat, which created a deadly domino effect that tipped the other vats into spilling their contents and creating a beer wave of death. What a mess. I looked this up and it, it's been reported as actually more than 1.4 million litres of beer, not 610,000 as Mark oh. says, but either way, it's a lot of beer. Mm. In central London in the early 19th century, the flood destroyed two houses and claimed seven lives, five of whom were attending a wake for a child that had died the previous day. Wow. While there are rumours, there are no written records of the citizens taking advantage of the free drinks and subsequently no recorded deaths of alcohol poisoning uh, on account of the flood. Not like in Dublin. Remember we talked about that happening in Dublin with the whiskey flood. Oh, yeah. Um, That is a stronger drink, to be fair. True. Uh, it's assumed that when a 15-foot-high wave of anything is rolling down the street, there's not really enough time to weigh the pros and cons of taking advantage <laughs> of getting to higher ground. Do I want some of this in my mouth? The brewery's been demolished, but get this. Mm. The Dominion Theatre now stands in its place. So oh, the one that used the, to have we Freddie Mercury outside, yeah. Ah. Um, while there is no plaque or memorial to signify the beer, uh, the beer flood, a local tavern, the Holborn Whippet, which is not a pub that I know, actually. No, I mean, um, imagine it'll be up New Oxford Street, won't it? Serves a special porter that commemorates the beer flood once a year on the anniversary of the event. Ah, that's nice. That's imagine a nice that. ale story. 1.4 million litres of beer flooding down uh, Soho, Would it get... a.k.a. a night out with Pete Donaldson. Oi, oi! <laughs> Would it get to... Would it get to uh, I'm on the second floor of uh, Old Compton Street. Would it get to me? 15... Well, how high was it? Let me have a look. 15... It would, 15 I mean, foot high. I mean, it wouldn't be that, that much, but it still, it still sounds pretty um, Well, 15 foot would be high enough, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah. I can't believe it uh, destroyed two houses, though. You, you might crazy. finally get running water in your shower. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great story. I th- have we not featured that before? I'm thinking we, of probably the... I think the first episode was the Great Molasses Flood we did. We've done, the, we've in, done a lot of floods. We've done Great yeah. Molasses Flood. We've yeah. done the Dublin Whiskey Flood. Now yeah. we've done the London Beer Flood. All the major uh, All the food groups. Yeah. All the floods. Yeah. Um, hello to... This is another classic, James Keto. Keto. Is this um, from the classic box? This is from the classic box. Uh, hey guys, uh, your story, Luke, about the teacher who fronted on a pupil. Fronted. Got, oh yeah. Got me thinking about uh, the time a similar situation happened at my secondary school. Uh, as was the norm, we had a pretty fierce rivalry with another local school. Normally this involved sporting events and uh, GCSE grades. However, one year the rivalry boiled over. I can't remember the circumstances that led the, to this story, but one lunchtime, a friend came running over the playground and shouting, There's a riot in the basketball courts! <laughs> Without question, we all followed him like he was the Pied Piper and what we saw was cataclysmic, around 100 people fighting each other. It uh, then came to our attention that some kids from the other school had been stealing jumpers from our students and had snuck into school to start trouble. Uh, this obviously made it a nightmare for the teachers to distinguish, distinguish who didn't belong. Uh, right. A PE teacher, who I won't name, grabbed one pupil from Malay uh, and then was punched straight in the face. Without blinking, he decided the best course of action was to headbutt the child, knocking him out cold. Wow. It was a pretty weird day. And funnily enough, we never saw that teacher again. I bet. <laughs> A hundred people in one basketball court just having, having a, a big, Just having a big old scrap and uh, that's people a lovely, being uh, unable to calm it down. That's a lovely sort of thread. What's the biggest fight you've ever seen? Yeah. It's 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 hard when there's no one to stop it. I remember sort of ending a, a, an 11 aside side um, Sunday League match where um, everyone started fighting. Uh, I, really? I think mean, you legged it, didn't you? I had hold of it because uh, they were chasing after a lad, uh, our striker, who just punched their goalkeeper in the face. <laughs> Um, uh, and we're not that kind of team, but this lad was drafted in at the last moment right. um, to much uh, derision from our team. Um, but yeah, he was chased by about 20 lads and I had hold of one lad. And it was like he was running and I had hold of him. I was, I was on the subs, Ben Scosh. Uh, and, <laughs> and I had my arms around him in a tweed jacket and he was sort of running, but with me round his waist. Why were you wearing a tweed jacket? 
because it was cold. Wear a normal jacket. You're playing football. It was my jacket. Right. It was my winter jacket. And uh, and he turned around. He sort of slowed down because I was on his back. And he sort of turned around and went, what are you doing? Did he? Yeah. And we sort of squared up a bit and did the swinging. But there was uh, plenty of punches swung. Is this but, a market road? But yeah. But when like there's no like police or stewards or any authorities to break up, it's actually quite hard to stop a fight like that. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Well, I, mean, I mean, I can remember playing at Market Road and uh, they'd have to put all the bags, everyone's bags, into the back of the goals so oh, they yeah. protected by a net because otherwise people would just nick stuff out of them. Oh, yeah, it used to be dreadful. They've, uh, they, they, they've definitely improved it uh, since then. Um, right, Luke, let's get out of here. We've got, uh, we've got other things to do, to be quite frank. We'll be back on uh, Thursday? Yeah. For episode... 77. 77. All right, then. Uh, if you want to get in touch on the show, how do people do that, Luke? I've said it a hundred times today, haven't I? Hello, right, at... Yoni. I oh, know, sorry. It's been busy. Hello at lukeandpeteshow.com uh, to get in touch. We'd very much like to hear from you. I've just noticed you're wearing Bermuda shorts. Radical, dude. Cowabunga. Cowabunga.